0: you're listening to the beyond digital education podcast with me nathan johnson and my co-host carl kaczynski and Remy bassing we hope you enjoy the show Remy, you had you had a, an interesting topic of conversation yeah
1: so at the time of recording uh we are uh, a week into the new year uh, of 2021 and uh, lots of big events in the news happening, um, especially uh, across the pond in the US. Um, uh, riots uh, on Capitol Hill, uh, the, the building being stormed um, by a, uh, a bunch of protesters uh, who um, who are basically feeling as if uh, the election's been stolen from them. Um, they're citing various media sources or uh, sources uh, that uh Sort of corroborate their point of view and I thought it would be an interesting time to talk about um, well evidence really, uh, how we research what we consider to be reliable evidence um, and how we can kind of um, encourage people to be a bit more critical about what they're reading, understanding how to spot good evidence, understanding how to spot bad evidence Uh, And then maybe even like a discussion, because this is something I struggle with, maybe even a discussion about when someone has views that uh, you know or from the evidence that you've read is really
0: questionable. How you go about challenging those perceptions? Um, Yeah, I think that's I think that's really interesting, as well as I mean, it kind of ties into education um, and kind of the role, the role of the educational Kind of system. So potentially, uh, the the role of higher education and universities to create critical thinkers, um, to create people that go beyond the headline and kind of really delve into the research. Um, so I mean, I do I, I do find it really interesting, and maybe maybe they're not all uneducated. But maybe there's the sense of kind of um, like a lack of critical thinking, a lack of the ability to um, kind of decipher what is good news or what is kind of um, the truth and what potentially isn't and kind of looking beyond. Okay, so I'm I'm on the BBC, um, lots of other kind of news websites out there. Um, But the idea that I just use that as my sole kind of um source of information for news rather than all the different types of news outlets out there even the the kind of the more right-wing kind of news as well just just to have um that overview of kind of what everyone is thinking because it is i do find it interesting that we'll sit here and like isn't it isn't it a shock what happened on Capitol Hill? Whereas there are people that are like, well, this is, this was always coming. We were, I mean, it came out or it's been reported that there have been planning. They've been planning this for weeks, weeks and weeks, and lots of people knew about it, but there wasn't enough police um, put in place for it. So you are kind of like, well, all this all this is out there, but even even me as someone that I feel is quite educated, still doesn't do enough to kind of read around all of the sources. So that's a really interesting point. I I like, um, because you could
1: make the argument that if, if, um, you know, the establishment, if I can use that word, sort of like, uh, the 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 powers that be are unaware that this is going to happen, Maybe they're also at fault of not looking at all the evidence because it's out there, isn't it? It's out there. That they're planning to get together. And, and I'm not even suggesting that all of these people on, like, let's say the right, because currently in the US it's the right versus the left. The, the, the alt-right, as they're sometimes called, versus Antifa, I guess, are being uh, pitched as the kind of left wing. But there are, there are perfectly credible right wing sources. Uh, I, I, the, the name that springs to mind for me, uh, Jordan Peterson, I know, Carol, you and I have spoken quite a lot about Jordan Peterson, who's a, who's a psychologist, a extremely intelligent man, makes really good arguments that I completely, not completely disagree with, but many of the points I disagree with, but he's reasoned about his approach. He does it in a fair way. Um, but then there's the other sort of sources that are out there that are kind of like, uh, <laughs> that they're, they're basically peddling lies. Essentially, and and uh, photoshopped images, and so we are in a stage, we're in a period of our lives where we are inundated with information, and you can't. It's almost like you can't control what people see because everyone's got a tailored experience online. But having a way of combating that, and I'm like, so Twitter take the approach of they've taken the approach of banning Donald Trump, Facebook banned. Uh, Donald Trump uh, from Twitter for constantly I mean what he's saying is just plain lies I wouldn't say he makes intelligent reasoned arguments when he's he's tweeting you you can't make a nuanced argument in 140 characters or whatever the limit
0: on Twitter is now I mean like what you were saying about the the last question you said about how do you challenge this kind of is that the right way to challenge it to to stoop to that level of okay now you've said it now i'm gonna ban you because what's happening now is everyone could rally behind donald trump and say well there must be a reason for them banning him he must be right
1: no i don't think it is i don't necessarily think it is the right approach if someone's breaking the law um you are well within your rights to ban them from your platform if you're a private company, right? You know, uh, if I go into a shop and I start messing things up, the shopkeeper has a right to ban me. If I go on Twitter and start saying things that breach their policies, they have a right to ban me. What I'm worried about is with legitimate free speech, if people get banned, um, you're just going to drive things underground, aren't you? And I know we've had conversations in the past about where some of these conversations then take place uh like stormfront.org is a, is a good example the white supremacist website although they call themselves white nationalists they think supremacist is derogatory um but like then they're just speaking in their bubbles aren't they and they're, they're reaffirming what they're saying and equally i would say i see because i go on loads of loads of different right-wing sites all the time i like to read what the comments are saying i like to see how the papers are presenting the news um they make the same arguments about universities saying they're breeding grounds for left-wing you know s- snowflake sort of robots that agree with that and it's almost as if the dialogue stopped like you pick your side you pick your tribe and that's the argument that you're on rather than having this kind of nuanced debate uh, amongst people what i really am encouraged by uh, say for example oxford union they they uh, they have their debates they have their guest speakers Uh, And they invite people who are really, really controversial. Um, People try and no platform them. You can hear the sort of protests outside on some debates where, uh, you know, Steve Bannon appeared. Uh, It's a good it's a good um, it's a good uh, you can catch it on YouTube. It's a really interesting talk, Um, but you can hear the protests outside. And I think let the man speak, then then attack him on his arguments. Don't just shut the argument down and think that's that done then.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, completely... just just quickly I mean just because when you were talking about kind of um, institutions things like that it, it kind of brexit sprang to mind. Now when brexit was happening, I was working I was working in marketing um, and we were working a lot with academics to promote and to talk about their kind of research, the stuff their kind of their commentary, what they've heard um, and the whole institution was saying, yeah, we don't have Brexit. Kind of everyone I've spoken to, um, it's just everyone. Everyone I speak to said, "Okay, no Brexit. That's that's where we're at." And and kind of when you talk about actually, where are we getting these sources from? Are uh, are we kind of I don't know driving some of this information underground, like you say, to the point where we can't necessarily see. All the information. So then, when when I'm researching and and commentating on this in kind of um, topics, I'm kind of in like yeah, I'm in my bubble, in the bubble of okay, I'm on social media, I'm talking to these people that I always talk to. I'm on these news outlets. I'm looking at these journals that kind of always look at got the same kind of people as me. But there's like, I mean. I mean both talk about the elections uh, in the US and Brexit there's like half the population that have a different mindset and they've kind of their their views have not been heard but their views are, are out there they're they're somewhere it's just they're not necessarily held to the same esteem as others because someone has to choose kind of someone chooses what they want to share and what they don't want to share. So whatever newspaper will say, well, I don't believe in that, therefore I'm not going to publish that. But then what happens to that information? You need, need that information. I mean, every individual needs all the information to make an informed decision. But like you say, there's so much information that if I can only consume one bit of news or two bits of news, I'm just going to go to one place to look at it. I'm not going to kind of search around all these different places because I'm just bombarded
2: all the time. Yeah, you're both absolutely right, and of course, the people tend to have this natural, natural leaning towards the comfort. And of course, if you if you've got this natural leaning towards the comfort, you're not going to look outside of your comfort zone, and. Uh, there is something that is well known in psychological confirmation bias. And of course, if you're looking at any kind of media sources or any media platform, whether it is a social media, mainstream media, TV, Internet, whatever, um, these are not charitable organizations. They, these are business organizations. These are profit organizations. They want to make money. The first thing they want to make money and they know how to attract their customers because so for example, regardless of whether you're reading Sun or whether you're reading Guardian or BBC, they've got this uh, audience group and they are adjusting and they put a little bit of spin and you can see that in the articles. Of course, I'm not you know, um, going through like conspiracy theories or anything like that, but you can see the interpretation what sort of the spin is in Guardian or what sort of the spin is in the the sun and it's basically the way it does the way w- what happens, is it attracts a certain level of audience or a certain, a certain number of audience and as Nathan said we don't have the time to go and browse through all of the information especially in the you know in the kind of um, data in age of the fake news and all of that and the other thing what is really dangerous and what we see in the social media is this cocooning of the information is the being close to the special, you know, the group of interest. So for example, I don't want to come out of my comfort uh, zone. So I'm being surrounded by people who think likewise and who's got a very similar ideology, who's got a very same stream of consciousness. And at the moment, what's the, what's the future is gonna like, look like? Because at the moment, uh, we are kind of surrounded by people or we are creating the groups of interest of very similar people. And is you know, does it lead to the future where the social media actually is gonna tell me what do I need to think or how do I need to think? So when it comes to the coming out and combating those biases, it's actually it's very challenging and doesn't feel comfortable because very often it requires people to look in the mirror and say, okay, I, I, I was wrong or I am wrong. I actually feel that, you know, um, the guy that I always thought that is bad guy, actually he's not that bad guy. And I've been wrong all the time, all my life, or I've been wrong ten, you know, last five years or year or whatever, it doesn't feel comfortable. So how do you actually get people to, to think that or well, to I... be able to inquire that? Because otherwise, if you don't do that, People are blaming others, you know, it's, oh, those left-wing fuckers or those right-wing fuckers, it's all them, it's all them. And it creates conflict.
1: I was, uh, I was just going to pick up a lot, obviously, uh, newspapers, media outlets, not just newspapers. Um, many of them uh, have a bias, have an agenda. Uh, they're in the business of selling whatever it is they sell, whether it's a, a news channel or whatever else. And... Um, well, I, I was just going to draw a distinction there, because news is clearly not a good place. But for those reasons and, and others, it's not necessarily a good place to get our, our kind of information. Like, uh, I wanted to give an example of uh, a news story I saw in, uh, I'm not picking on the Daily Mail, but it just happened to be in the Daily Mail. Uh, £73 trillion uh, pounds to for the world to go carbon neutral. Huge figure, right? Like, sounds huge. Uh, £73 trillion. Um, And then a lot of the comments were around like, yeah, where are we going to find this money and like this country needs to do it first and that country needs to do it first, blah, blah, blah. They didn't cite the original research paper that it was based on. I just happened to go out and look at it. The peer reviewed, like I I would say more reliable source, same headline, but also included in that. But it will pay for itself in six or seven years. Now, that's a pretty crucial bit of information to miss out. Right. So when when publishing the newspaper article, they've made a decision not to include that information in there for whatever reason. I mean, to me, to if, if you know, if you believe the climate science is right and we're on, on a, we face an existential threat, then seventy three billion pounds that pays for itself in seven years sounds like a bargain. Sign me up. Seventy
0: three trillion, sorry. I feel like, I, as, yeah, I feel like everyone's got an agenda, whatever that agenda is, um, whether that's money, whether that's fame, um, whatever it is. Um, what, what I'm interested kind of, in understanding is where kind of individualism, this whole idea of individualism can't be wrong because, well, no one exists apart from me. And I'm right, everyone else is wrong. Uh, the idea of where that comes from kind of does that i am always i'm always right apart from as we were discussing earlier in my relationship where I, i'm now always wrong um, but does that come from is that social is that is that kind of into intertwined in education um is that something that kind of unlearned behavior um, and and potentially how how could we how can we break that
1: So, um, well, I don't know. Using the word right seems really sort of absolute. Um, Like, we build up our worldview, don't we? And, like, the the world makes sense to us in a certain way. And if information, so what Carol was talking about earlier, uh, confirmation bias, if something comes along that contradicts our worldview, we're unlikely to accept that very easily. And it's not going to take someone trying to tell me how wrong I am to convince me that I'm wrong necessarily unless I'm an extremely open-minded person and like for some reason younger people seem to be a bit more open-minded than uh, you know when we're children uh that then when we get older and we get more entrenched in our views because we've lived longer and we kind of uh, have have a more established worldview it's really tricky to try and uh, change change someone's worldview I don't know how we go about it so I wonder whether it's better to change the way in which they approach information. And what we should be doing is rather than trying to convince them you're wrong on this particular issue, is let's look at different ways of accessing our information, not focusing on that one thing that we disagree with, what, You know, whether it's uh, in or out of the EU or whether it's you know who should be president of the US or, or whatever else, because you're not going to make many friends telling someone how stupid they are.
2: True. And... <sighs> That's true, and the thing is, I don't know. To me, I never, oof, I never. That's a big statement. Um, the way I try to live my life is not to try to change someone's opinion, and I can see, you know, a lot of things, a lot of informations. Well, how, who would I want to say? So, for example, based on those riots, um, the one things the one conversation that I had over the last few days uh, about those trials was, uh, I don't watch news, I don't read news, and I just found out based on, you know, during the conversation that something like that happened. And during that conversation, one of the persons that I was discussing that with said, oh, who died? Was that Trump supporter? And to me, when I first heard, heard that question, it was it was very, it really agitated me. And the reason why it agitated me, it was because I felt it doesn't matter whether that person was Trump supporter or not. There is a strategy because someone died. And if you're gonna think, you know, the people are Trump supporters, are left wing or right wing, it doesn't matter. Death is death, is a strategy because someone's died. And what we need to think when we think about race, gender, political ideology, we need to think, we need to get to the point that the race, the political ideology it's like hair color. It doesn't matter what hair color you have. So why do we, and you know, I don't undermine uh, experience of people who experience racism. You know, I come from Poland, the memory of Holocaust is still huge in Poland. We've got a lot of racism and a lot of political fights in Poland at the moment. I don't deny that. What I, my point of view is that we, need to move forward and rather than thinking about the discrepancies and bre- and gaps and 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 those huge gaps in the ideology that we have rather than focus on them we need to think about and focus on how on on kind of love and compassion and being with the other person truly with the other person to move it forward move beyond those differences and but if i jumped on that person and say, like, you know, this is not the question that you need to ask, blah, blah, blah. What good, what reaction would I receive? I would receive, or I would just distance that person from me, from from myself, even more. I, I think part part of the problem that we're having now, so I don't think anybody's
1: going to disagree in this group, because we're all in that bubble thinking, you know, respect each other for gender, uh, sexuality, uh, race, whatever it is, whatever the... Uh, situation is, respect people for their differences. Um, Part of the problem that we're facing at the moment, and I guess it's a kind of new problem, is we're not even having those conversations with the people that disagree with us because they're not on the same platforms. They're not, you know, reading the same newspapers. They're not going to the same places. So how do we engage with them? And I know so I I raised the point about how I've I've seen a lot of comments uh, that are quite disparaging about universities and then brainwashing but uh, you may have seen this term uh, crop up time and time again now about the mainstream media or uh, commonly called the lamestream media Um, and, uh, and, and so they're rejecting any of the kind of sources that we might consider we could reach them in and I think part of that problem was what we were talking about before when we banned them from a platform for you know it depends what we ban them for you know if they're breaking the rules uh then i guess fine but do we really want to drive it underground because then they are in their bubble and then we're never having that conversation with them
2: i think one of the things that we need to really start doing is just create a platform that everyone can express themselves because and we it's our responsibility as well when we talk to people, it's try to understand them, try to understand their point of view and why they come, what brought them to the situation that, you know, they, they are racist and they are homophobes or, or whatever. Why is it that they are in that situation?
1: I mean, because- this is some of the stuff that, that kind of got Facebook and Twitter into trouble before, though, that they weren't censoring this material. So even though I'm I'm suggesting let's not, censor too much. uh, uh, And you sound you sound to be saying, you know, let's just open it completely up. You've got other people saying no, we definitely have to censor these people. So even I guess, uh, if we're on the same kind of um, side of uh, how we think, you know, our values, we're not necessarily on the same side of, you know, how how the internet should run necessarily.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of things. You know, for example, when you talk about Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or anything like that, when you have a lot of the materials, when you go through the comment section, you, you know, when you've got the content that you dislike, you are free to write you are an idiot in the comment section. And this is not the constructive idea. If you disagree with something, why there is no limit of characters or the minimum amount of characters for the comment section. So for example, if you are posting a, you know, uh, for example, when we are releasing the podcast, people can comment on the podcast and I'm more than happy if people are disagree with me and they, you know, but not necessarily if they call me idiot. If they disagree with me, why don't they write 200 words or 150 words explaining like why they disagree with me. And then it's actually give me the feedback and opportunity for me to learn and to see my limitation in my thinking process. Because of course I'm, I'm just a moron. You know, I don't know anything really. And, but I would love to learn. I'm really interested in that. So it's not what I'm saying when when we create platforms and when someone is, you know, racist or whatever. it's not focusing on the hate speech and giving them the opportunity just to shout, ah, those people are blah, blah, blah. But it's saying, okay, explain me give me all rational give me your life history to let me understand you what you are actually saying i'm really sorry that you feel that way i i do i'm truly sorry that you feel that way towards other human being because living in that world of frustration of anger it sounds that it's really you know it's it's huge burden on you if you feel that towards someone else it must be painful for you let me understand you I mean, I feel like, I, I just feel like it's a bit kind of, the world
0: wants to be black and white, right and wrong. And it, it, it's not. And I think we're all, we're all shades of grey. So when you're talking about being racist, hom- homophobic, we're probably not all of them, but we probably are elements of each of them. So as much as we can all rally behind kind of one, one aspect, you can just kind of fall foul of, a different part and then be discredited for for everything that you say so i mean it, it's difficult currently i think it's difficult to to have an opinion when you could be potentially right or wrong thrown off social media kind of everyone shouting and you're telling that you're an idiot saying kind of whatever it is calling calling for legal action uh, wherever and i think mean, that Even if that's one person, that's enough to dissuade someone from kind of engaging in in that kind of critical conversation. I I, I was also going to say, I mean, in the early days of the
1: Internet, I was very much like free and open Internet. Brilliant. Um, But then I do I do think there should be some sort of protections for people who are just out and out being bullied. So you've talked about having a dialogue with someone who who calls you an idiot. But some people are getting really, really harassed. So that, for example, the the MP Diane Abbott constantly gets harassed. She makes a few gaffes, but she gets uh, death threats. She gets she gets all kinds of vile things on there. Um, and there needs to be a way of stopping that, or maybe something that's a bit more kind of like grey. Because uh, you were just picking the example of grey. There's a a very prominent feminist, Australian feminist, um, who Jermaine Greer. I don't know if you you guys know of her. But she came out and made some comments about uh, the trans community. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what her wording was, but questioning whether uh, women who are trans women should be considered the same as women. Um, and you know, she's she spent her whole life as a staunch feminist, and then just gets slated online as if somehow her previous work, her previous efforts, have no longer been any good. Um, and. Uh, Like you say, Nathan, people are very black and white. I feel like we should be able to agree with people we don't like if they're right about an issue. It's about issues rather than people. But we've fallen into this sort of camp of like, well, I like that person, so I'll agree with everything they say. And I don't like that person, so I'm not gonna agree with everything they, I'm I'm gonna agree with nothing they say, essentially. I I can't like anything. let, let's pick Trump as an example. I probably wouldn't fall into the Trump uh, voting category. I don't know. I didn't grow up in the USA. Um, but that's not to say that everything he did whilst he was in office was completely wrong. I'm sure he made some decisions that were right. I can't think of any right now, but I'm, like, I'm sure if I went away and looked at
0: them, I could find some. To be fair to the guy, he, go, he gets stuff done. And whether that whether you get the right stuff done or the wrong stuff done, I mean the some of some of the problem with politics today, um, especially British politics, is nothing moves, nothing happens. It's like even when you look at COVID, it's like, yeah, everything's fine. And then the day, what was it, the day before Christmas, it's yeah, you can only meet on Christmas Day. And then the day before or the, the day after kids went back to school it's yeah we're gonna we're going to another lockdown it's that it's that indecision it's that idea that kind of I can't do anything whereas whether right or wrong the idea that kind of people follow Trump because he gets stuff done it's like he says he's gonna do something and then he does it how I mean he'll spin it like the wall he, he didn't build much wall but kind of he, he still kind of had a, an effort to get that stuff done. And I feel like that's what, I'm not saying we need him, but I'm saying we need people that actually kind of say they're going to do something and then do it. But in a way, that I, I, like, I can kind of see that that would be more palatable
1: to some people, because if you take, let, let's pick a couple of other examples that m- maybe seem like they might be good leaders uh, and then just kind of let you down i want to pick on the example of let's say for example justin trudeau who comes in seems like this woke prime minister seems like he cares about the environment and then signs these huge deals uh that like just canada alone if they if they sold all of their i think it was their tar pits uh having a line to the usa but if they if they sold all of that that would more than exceed the quotas for the entire world um for, for greenhouse gases or you pick someone like um uh well, Barack Obama, who came in, you know, seemed like he was going to be great and then like didn't shut down the torturing of uh, people, didn't shut down that like detention of people who hadn't been charged, uh, killed probably more people, more civilians under his watch than than anybody else. Uh, even though he said he was going to kind of uh, come in and, and and end this. And and I just think uh, at least you knew what to expect with Trump in a sense. I, I mean, that's that's a dreadful thing to say and, and obviously I think Trump's terrible but he did what he said he was going to do right and I think
0: that's what you were getting at. it's 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 yeah, and politics, more dis- yeah I mean politics is just I mean we're, we're straying enough topic but politics is ruled by a certain mm-hmm. class a certain type of person and and I feel like more and more they're just doing it for their their own kind of self um gain so whether that is in in british politics providing contracts to to your own um people or whether that's kind of american politics and kind of game in the stocks and shares Um, it it doesn't every time you look at it you're like something needs to change and actually it's not the status quo so we need we need something different and i think trump gives that something different he's not the right different it's just it was just an attempt. I think um, so I the... think
1: the reason why I think it's, it, it is relevant, it, like, it's like we're still kind of on topic is obviously part, part of this podcast today is about misinformation. And when the misinformation is coming from the very top, that gives credibility to some of these really spurious sources. Right. When when you know for a fact your, your prime minister or your president is just plain out lying to you. But then loads of other people think it must be true because the the prime minister said it or the president said it. Like that's really dangerous. And maybe we should <laughs> before we can even get to the stage where people uh, are a bit more balanced about what they're reviewing, we should be really careful about what our politicians are allowed to do.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I feel like I quite like being kind of deliberate about your choices of what you read and what you engage with Um, but when you're looking for sources it's kind of like okay what what are traditionally the best sources potentially books potentially kind of journals things like that whereas those are the slowest kind of information to come out as as credible as they are it's kind of by that point you've formed (laughs) you've formed an idea and kind of uh, way of thinking and then it's like we say a lot more difficult to sway someone once they've got to that point so with a lot of this social media with a lot of these news it's kind of as, as fake as it is it's it's i don't know it's working
1: yeah would well, you remember the expression i like i remember the expression when i was a kid don't believe everything you read in the newspaper it's a really common expression and it's like this hasn't transferred to social media for some reason and, and people People seem to just think, well, it's up there, and I've seen the Photoshop picture that goes with it, so it must be true because people tend to believe their eyes. And we all know, I mean, you, 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 with deepfakes now, you could put anybody in any situation, saying anything. Um, but I think even at GCSE uh, history level, uh, we were taught all right, when you're reading a source, find out, is it primary source? Is it secondary source? What are the biases of the person writing it? What was their agenda? Were they under any pressure? And you've got to be really critical about it. And why are we just doing this with, with our politicians, with our uh, big businesses, with um, every every piece of information we digest? It's, why would you take it at face value?
0: Yeah, I, I mean,
2: oh, go on, Carol, did you have? Well, just trying to answer the question, I think, is what we are actually discussed earlier on, is the confirmation bias. And it's like we've got so many sources of information at the moment that it's almost impossible to see through those information. And it's kind of, yeah, just sucking in, uh, you know, I always thought this way, or I always read this paper, so I'm just going to stick to it. People are very ritualistic. Not to, you know, say that it's wrong or right, because, I'm, I'm, I'm not being judgmental or anything like that, but just trying to find the answer. Um, so, I mean,
0: to, to wrap up, kind of what advice, advice that you'd give to someone to kind of be be more critical in, in kind of approaching sources?
2: I would say meditate at least 20 minutes a day. Just meditate. Just meditate on how you feel personally. How, where are you? What is your feeling at the moment? How your body is responding to it? Meditate for 20 minutes every day. Just mindful, just observe your brief and see how and do it for five weeks. There is plenty of evidence, plenty of resources out there saying how to meditate. Um, and there is plenty of evidence saying and uh, suggesting what sort of changes you can expect within five, six weeks and beyond the time and see whether you are just very emotionally attached to something now whether after five or six weeks of meditation are you going to be the same emotionally attached to this concept or idea then just just do that five six weeks it doesn't end 20 minutes a day it's not big job well it is but it isn't at the same time so that's my advice just meditate
1: yeah i would say like you know obviously it's difficult to um... go and read about around every topic Um, but if you're so passionate about a topic that you're willing to go and protest about it or you're writing a thesis on it to bring it back to education I'd say the scientific method's always like a a good test uh, so that the falsifiability you know and the repeatability or replicatability of the test go back to the source data don't just read the QAnon article or listen to your lecturer in the lecture theatre or watch a YouTube video if you're that passionate about a subject do your research um, yourself uh, and go back to all the data sources as possible and then build your own picture back up from that.
0: I mean, that's, that's a brilliant place to leave it. Um, thank you. Thank you for joining me. and um, We'll see you on the next podcast. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to the Beyond Digital Education podcast. If you liked what you've heard, please do listen to more of our podcasts and please do engage with us on the topics we've raised.